Hey pals, this is a special episode of the podcast. Most years, I just post kind of a list of my top 15 albums by local artists of the year, but it made sense this year to just do it as a podcast. In a lot of cases, members of these bands or these solo artists have been on my podcast in the past year and a bit, and so I have clips of them talking about some of these records. I can give sort of my opinion on the records, why I chose them, why I added them to the list in a little bit more detail. So it just kind of made sense. Yeah, like let's, let's, let's make a podcast out of the deal. So here it is. This again is part one. So it's the first, or sorry, the last 10, I guess you want to call it that. It's numbers six through 15, starting with 15. So really the numbers don't matter all that much, but I have this divided into two podcasts. First, the six through 15, and then the next one, which comes out next episode, is going to be my top five. So in most cases here, there are interviews with the, with the uh, artists, so you'll hear a clip of them talking, usually about the album, followed by a song from the album. And honestly, as always when I do this, I'm sure there's stuff I forgot. I guarantee you there's albums I forgot that rightfully deserve to be on this list. And because of the timing, there's also a bunch of albums that came out in December that just didn't make it into consideration because I didn't have enough time to listen to them. So if there's a record you think I should have included on here that I didn't, I mean, feel free to let me know. But consider that it might have come out too late in the year for me to add it to my list. Or, who knows, I, I probably just missed it or forgot it existed or forgot it came out in 2022 or something like that. But here's the list, uh, part one of the list. Please enjoy. I encourage you to check out every one of these records and every one of these artists. And yeah, I'm very curious to hear what other people's lists look like. So let me know. Thanks. If you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch is probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our toques to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Okay, so first up, we have Perpetual Survival by Turn the Gun. Turn the Gun, for those who don't know, is a long-running local rap duo of the Gumshoe Strut and Yai, who have been making music together for 20-some years. Uh, they've put out a 12-inch and a CD of Turn the Gun, kind of uh, more well, well over a decade ago, anyway. And uh, this is their follow-up. So Perpetual Survival, Perpetual Survival is their first album as Turn the Gun in in years and years. And it's very cool to have them back uh, making music together. Um, their voices really complement each other. They definitely have this connection that really only comes from having made music together for so long. And yeah, it's cool to hear a different perspective uh, from these guys who now have kids. Uh, they're in a different place in life than they were last time they made the record. And uh, it's just a fun album. So if you want some good Winnipeg hip-hop, check out Turn the Gun, Perpetual Survival. Here is a clip of the interview, and I think it's the Gumshoe Strut talking for pretty much all of this clip, and followed by a song. Hope you enjoy. Yeah, I 
I kind of changed my focus and, you know, I was kind of out of the loop from like 2011 to about 2015 when, uh, I, I worked with uh, Gruff the Druid. I put out an album uh, with him, with me on production. And that was kind of, you know, made up of some of the beats that I was working on in that period. Shortly after, Yai, he was putting out another solo album with uh, Peanuts and Corn, his uneven, an uneven 11 album. He got me on a, on a jam on there. That was kind of a good opportunity just to keep me in the mix, keep the ball rolling a little bit. Um, in terms of the writing, because I hadn't really been writing very much, you know, in all that time since my last solo album, which would have been 2010. And then, uh, yeah, just this whole like spiral since the pandemic started. That's really when I started getting back making music and kind of spiraled with a whole bunch of solo projects. And, you know, we started talking about making a record again, like actually, re you know, I mean, I, I'm pr pretty sure I probably nudged you Danny a bunch of times like hey hey let's work on something and you know Danny was you know a very sought after fella because he's so awesome at rapping so it, like finally he, he was like you know what I think I got the time and it was like sweet let's do this so he kind of I you know I was churning out beats sending out batches of beats to anybody I knew really at the time because I was really on fire with uh making beats and he 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 picked a bunch of beats picked a bunch of bangers and he kind of laid out the foundation of the ideas for the songs and kind of came back and said, you know, here, I got some of these ideas. He even came with an idea for like layout in terms of song order and things like that. I was able to just take, take, take that from him, take what he had put down in terms of the ideas, the writing and really compliment it and then kind of craft the beats around it. So that's really how we kind of came back about full circle. I mean, obviously, you know, throughout all that time, we've always been, super close you know like hanging out and, yeah you know, but just yeah just in terms of the music yeah like we had to come back together
just a little bit of time trying to make it out the ashes you're taking out the trash and some fresh new packaging guess who's back again it's no accident it's on happening glad you could laugh at it behind you in the past throwback is the hashtag and you're carrying that try to bury a sandbag in the various bandwagons chariots crashing and burying hatchets when you're contrary you're staying steady on track now you run plenty laps till the sun setting that's how you turn the gun upon the unsettled Next up, the album Catabasis by Wellsister. And this is one that I think I talked about it on the episode I did with Wellsister. But basically, I discovered this, discovered in quote marks, uh, I discovered it by just scouring Bandcamp. I tend to do that a lot. I type in Winnipeg and search for everything tagged with Winnipeg and just see what stuff I haven't discovered yet. And uh, Wellsister's album is just this really, really, um, it's a really deep, beautiful folk record that uh, touches on a lot of really heavy issues and uh, I, I really really enjoyed it it was an artist that I hadn't heard before and uh, it was a record that I'm glad I sort of stumbled upon and it made it onto the list and so there's a clip from the interview with Well Sister about kind of the background of the record and the name the Catabasis name which I think I'm pronouncing right um, I know I screwed it up a couple times on the actual interview but check that out followed by a song Catabasis. Yeah, it's so it's a Greek word uh, from mythology, which you clued into. Yeah. And the word is um, represents or it means, I guess you could say, um, it represents the arc and like myths when a character has to go into like uh, the underworld or kind of like they have this death to self experience. Okay. Uh, and they go into the darkness, hell. Um, and it's necessary for them to go through that for them to become what they're supposed to be. Yeah. And, and yeah. I'm assuming that's a Greek word, right? Is, is that is that just in yes. Greek mythology? I mean, that kind of story kind of happens throughout. Yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. Of different so types of exactly. Uh, so that that word specifically comes from is a Greek word, but that that um, plot line is true to many myths from all sorts of traditions. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. I guess then what is that? Is that what the album is about to you? Like, did you go into the album mm. kind of wanting to to create that kind of story with these songs? Yeah, so the songs, I mean, I didn't, that name of the album only came later. So I wrote all the songs uh, when I was personally in like a really dark psychological experience. So uh, the album really chronicles my journey living with mental illness. Okay. And so that's part of why in 2017, 18, <laughs> Uh, when I stopped making music, it was because I got really, yeah, for lack of a better word, made me sick um, and unwell. So OCD and depression kind of just descended on me <laughs> in a way that was rather severe. Okay. And it took me out, to be quite honest. And it took me quite a long time to 
find my way through that to get help. And a lot of the songs I wrote in the midst of that. So even though I wasn't performing or recording, I would, yeah, find myself sometimes on the odd day being able to get to the piano or the guitar. And so most of these songs are written when I was um, recovering from being in a really dark mental space. And so when I was trying to think of a name for the album, I... You know, all the songs as a whole, I feel like are, yeah, like a testimony to to moving through darkness. So Catabas well, felt like very, very fitting. Yeah. Control the speed You can't control 
Next up is a last minute addition to the list. I actually thought this album came out in 2021, so I wasn't going to include it, but it turns out, nope, February 2022. So here is a uh, interview, a clip from an interview, and a song from the Ultra Mega record, Panis Angelicus. And Ultra Mega, uh, if you're unfamiliar, is uh, a project helmed by J.D. Ormond, who I've known for most of my life, really. I went to elementary school with him. I've watched him play in all kinds of great bands over the years, including Ultra Mega and J.D. and the Sunshine Band, and so on and so forth. And uh, this is probably the best record that Ultra Mega has released. Um, I have their other EPs and previous releases, and they're all really good. Uh, but this one... It's just, it's just really captures a local feel, and uh, that was definitely part of it. If you listen to the interview that I did with JD uh, at the end of last year about this then-upcoming record, he talks a lot about how the kind of urban environment of Winnipeg influenced the writing on the album. And uh, yeah, JD always has really cool songs, uh, really interesting turns of phrase, kind of uh, hidden in this just jangly alt-pop sort of vibe. And uh, it, it, it definitely... Um, you benefit from multiple listens to Ultra Mega's records. So here's a clip and a song. We we like. I, I don't think we've necessarily improved. We you know in in a many many years as a band. <laughs> I just think that we're we we get together to, to to work on ideas together and you know and usually play one or two shows based off those ideas and then. And then that's that. And then yeah. we, we take a break and then we form again for another thing. So it, it, to answer your question, it's basically like when, when the time is right and we, we don't we don't force it and we haven't been forcing it for, for a bunch of time, but we're still we're still like locked in as, as a band. You know, we're still like still have the players that are, are committed to coming. And, and just it's kind of, a you know, it's a it's a bit of a family thing now, yeah. you know, with the people involved, like, um, you know, Josie Cron and. Aaron Johnston and uh, uh, TJ Blair has been in the band for two years, yeah. two or so years. Um, we've got Dan Moroz on sax and Rich, Rich, my friend uh, Rich Bolton on bass. It's just like people who've been playing together for for, for a while, and um, uh, you know, it's it's pretty sweet to be in that in the energy of all these these friends that are like, you know, some. It's an excuse to hang out and yeah, and That's I don't know, yeah. Well, I guess too at this point, I mean, you know, like you're not you're not twenty anymore. So the, the the focus is different, right? The focus on why you're doing this and who you're doing it for and what kind of the ultimate goal is, I'm sure is very different than maybe not when you started Ultra Mega. I'm not sure if that's been kind of the idea all along, but a lot of people starting bands when they're younger, they have this these plans, right? What they expect is going to happen. And once you get to, to our age, I guess, really, you sort of know what's gonna happen and you can tailor it to that to what your expectations are and what your goals are yeah. and it's yeah, yeah. it's almost easier because you don't have to worry about oh am i gonna make it when i'm 30 because that was that's already gone right i mean you're doing it for yeah. different reasons now yeah absolutely like um it's pretty nice to not have to, to for the only pressure to be like i don't know clicking yeah you know clicking together is like and it's still it's it's its own reward it's just like once we because that and that can happen in the jam space, you know. That can happen. Like we we had our first jam yesterday, actually, okay. in in like in two years, you know, <laughs> close to two years, and um, and it was like somehow the magic the magic was there, and yeah. like everyone was feeling it, and it was like, you know, we had we had uh, Smoky Tigers also joining the band, so he's like, you know, 
everyone just kind of laying back and just adding little bits of color. And it was just it was a pretty beautiful, beautiful time we had together. A warm sun greets me as I step out my back door. In an instant, I'm overheating. Pants are just a little bit short. Tug at them and they bunch up my briefs. If I was a bird, I'd fly off the back deck. What if I got hurt? So I decide to use the steps. I'm slipping on a hole in my lawn. I look around to see if anyone's seen me. I open up my mouth for a yawn. I'm hoping that it inspires a real one. State side blowing in the breeze. The agent is smiling, but someone's blackened out his teeth. I lift up the latch from the latch. Follow the cracks in the cement. Lift up the trash into the trash. Close the lid and I say goodbye, Felicia. Next up is Juno award-winning jazz guitarist Jocelyn Gould, who is a Winnipegger, and she has lived here. She lived here, um, you know, she grew up here. She lived here through most of the pandemic. Um, and I think she's back off globetrotting now. Uh, you know, she teaches in Toronto and, and, and New York, and she plays shows all over the all over North America, really. A uh, very, very accomplished guitar player. And uh, her previous album won the Juno for Best Jazz Album. And uh, this is the follow-up. This is called from an album called Golden Hour, which is uh, equally as good, if not better. And it has a lot of, um, you know, A-list talent on there, as her previous record did too, in terms of uh, Canadian jazz players. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like jazz, as listeners to the show know. And I think that Jocelyn has a very um, kind of lyrical sound to her playing that I don't always hear in jazz guitarists. And it's definitely... Um, unique and recognizable sort of as her vibe and uh she's been on the show twice 
Uh, hopefully when she releases more music in the future, I'll have her on again. Uh, definitely someone who has a lot of insightful things to say about music, about performing, about sort of living through these past few years. So here's a clip uh, from the interview, uh, the most recent interview, Jocelyn Gould, and a song. Definitely. Yeah, it is. Um, it has crossed my mind <laughs> that, um, you know, if if I were to ever feel um, expectation, like there's expectation placed upon me, it would be now. Mm-hmm. I think for me, just sort of trying to keep in mind, um, you know, like just back to the fundamentals all the time. Why am I making music? What is it that I want my music to say? Who do I want to connect with? And just sort of like, as long as I'm, I'm doing, um, as long as I'm taking care of the things that I believe in, um, the rest, I, I think is just cool when it happens, but it, it won't always happen. And so enjoy it when it does, but just make music all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Do you think you have a better understanding of, of, of why you make it and who it's for and all of that? Like since releasing that first record? Yeah, I think, um, that's actually interesting. It's something, this is something that I've been thinking about quite a bit. I think the first record, it was easy to just be like, oh, this is my first album. Um, just whatever music I have, you know, you're building on nothing at that mm. time. So it was easy for me to pick the music, easy for me to kind of put it together. The second album I found um, as I was planning it, we recorded in um, in November. So in the months leading up to November, I found myself asking, like, okay, well, what's this one about? Or like, how is this different? How is this record different? How is this record the same? How, yeah. what am I trying to say? Suddenly, like with the second album, I found a lot of questions, um, like, yeah, musical questions, maybe more like philosophical questions kind of coming up with in the preparation, definitely. Once you had the album uh, recorded and, and now it's ready to be released, do you think that you've been able to answer those questions for yourself? Or is it still, are you still trying to figure out sort of uh, what, I guess, what your plan is going forward as an artist? Yeah, I think with this, with this album, I think I, I was able to move maybe a little bit more. And this is like probably very mild compared to, you know, I know you interview all sorts of musicians, so... Um, you know, this is very mild compared to some some musicians, but I do feel like I got a little bit more, um, gave myself a little bit more permission to be a little more open. For example, I did some like overdubbing of vocals. So sometimes you hear like multiple of my voice. And I think in my first album, I probably wouldn't have felt comfortable doing that because you know, the guitar players that I have studied, none of their albums sounds like that, sound yeah. like that. So I was, I think sort of the slow process of kind of giving yourself permission, you know, just because, um, just because the people you studied or admired didn't do something doesn't mean you shouldn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. 
Next up is The Secret Beach, which is the project uh, by Micah Ehrenberg, who Winnipeg and Manitoba and elsewhere audiences should know very well. He's a singer-songwriter, he's put out some great music in the past, and The Secret Beach, the album Songs from The Secret Beach, is his most recent project. Micah has been on the podcast before, but not for a few years, and although I I bought a copy of the record, I didn't um, have him on the show this year. I'm not sure why, I mean, I just didn't reach out to him or something, but uh, we don't have a recent interview with Micah is what I'm saying, Um, but the album is great. I highly recommend you check it out. Uh, It has a similar vibe to his past records, if you're familiar with those, and uh, yeah, I I really like it. Um, It stayed on my record player for quite a while after I picked it up, and so this one is just going to be a song because there's no recent interview, but it's a track from Songs from the Secret Beach. Enjoy. God is. I took this from a book I read, pretty much word for word. Everything the author said legitimately had occurred. I couldn't not regurgitate her words in my own way. And so I wrote this song to sing, allowing me to say, God is in the alleyway. Smoking cigarettes God is in the toilets Having unprotected sex God is in the office With his two kids on his desk God is sick of giving more And always getting less God is in the doctor's office Filling fake prescriptions God is what you need it for all in your description God is making supper in a food truck in Van Nuys God is living lavishly in an ungodlike disguise God is checking socials for a reason to believe God gets shot inside a classroom by some angry teen God is at a party to see being blow God is in the traffic jam because sometimes God moves slow God is buying advertisements just to give itself a name God is talking to a stranger's little kid on the train God gets off on being tied up beaten and belittled God is in the courtroom Trying to plead for its acquittal God is on the morning show Telling itself to be scared God is carrying groceries To a home that five kids share God eats a paella That some cool kid made all wrong God is in the lyrics Of the ever-changing song God takes too long getting ready, but their patience is a virtue. God and I are going steady, though we both have cheated too. God could use a coffee, but they can't afford the locals. God records a brand new song, but they don't like their own vocals. God turns on the TV just to check the football score. 
God ends up alone at home eating snacks at half past four. God lives on an island in a tribe no one has seen. God can be misguided to be genuinely mean. God is getting greater though it looks as if it's fading. God is on the internet trying out the online dating. God is in the music venues making magic every night. God is in the churches and the safe injection sites. God is what God never was and when God has always been. God is what will govern us as we struggle to be free. God is in between the moments that we don't forget. God is all the people who the people haven't met yet. God is in the car park finding somewhere to shoot up. God is on their way to die sitting in a fire truck. God is acting funny as they start to get the spins. God is making money as they cast away their sins. God is in the whispers that have become so loud. God is all opinions in a busy city crowd. God is in the heavens as the earth spins round and round. God is in the graveyard buried underneath the ground. Took this from a book I read, pretty much word for word. Everything the author said legitimately had occurred. I couldn't not regurgitate her words in my own way. And so I wrote this song to sing, allowing me to say, God is. I think one of the most um, highly praised local albums of the past few years even is Slingshot by Jay Wood. And Jay Wood is, uh, you know, no stranger to this podcast or to the local music scene. Uh, this is his uh, most recent album and uh, it's, it's a good one. It's definitely deserving of all the praise it's received and all the attention it's getting. Um, he experiments with a lot of new styles on this record, including hip-hop for the first time, which is not really in his wheelhouse if you've heard his previous record, but he pulls it off incredibly well. Um, and and the, the clip I'm going to use here for the interview is a clip of him talking about working with the label and how having kind of that um, ability to, to have other people working for him and helping him to do sort of the promotional aspects of it and some of the things that surround releasing a record. Um, and I thought that was kind of interesting because, you know, the vast majority of people on the podcast are, are DIY, are doing it self-released, they're putting out their own records, their own CDs, their own tapes. And obviously a lot of this project that Jay Wood released is DIY and was done on his own and with his band. But um, yeah, there's just an element of sort of having a label that has your back 
and is going to help you kind of navigate some of the industry stuff, which I thought was very interesting. So that's a clip, and we're going to play a song. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the, the the best case scenario for an introvert like myself, honestly. <laughs> um, I didn't have to do any of the face-to-face at the time. But yeah, it's it's been a trip watching everything kind of happen over the course of the pandemic. It's been nice to kind of have all these things to work on and keep me busy and semi-sane as things have been happening. And um, yeah, like, you know, all the hype around the album has been so amazing and I'm so, so stoked and grateful for everything. And I'm I'm excited for people to finally hear this thing because I feel like, you know, because of the because of the time I was able to just put into the album, I feel like I put so much effort and just like intention and detail and everything into it. And yeah, to finally have it be released and to kind of see the result of that and the the noise of that has been just like, oh man, I think I'm going the right direction with things and it feels really good. Does it kind of feel like now that um you you've built up to this to this thing over over all this time because you've had this extra time you know because yeah. of the pandemic is, is there more pressure now now that you know this is coming out and people are going to hear it <laughs> and you you have to kind of now do like you said you're an introvert you have to do kind of the the public facing thing right and yeah. be out there and, and sort of promote it and and then share it i mean things like that i love doing stuff like this like i love just nerding out over yeah all the shit i do and it's like oh i'm so excited to do that um the face-to-face stuff like i uh, thankfully you know I, i've had a taste of that with some early, with some touring earlier this year and that's i kind of worked my way back up to it it's still like a weird adjustment going from pandemic to touring again and even seeing people face to face but uh yeah i think it's just like something i i do because i'm so excited about the the album i'm like if i if i wasn't this stoked it would feel more more exhausting than it is but i'm just so excited about it that it's easy and i'm i'm happy to do it well, I should hope so too. Uh, I mean, it would suck if you had this album coming out and you were just kind of bummed about it, right? At least at least you yeah. Have, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
Here's another one that uh, I don't have an interview with. I really should interview this band because I love this record. Uh, it's a record by Instrumental Doom Band, uh, Death Trip, and the album is called Mount Doom, which is a very fitting name for this record. Uh, people who know me know I really dig kind of the slow, doomy, sludgy instrumental stuff, uh, especially when you got like, you know, 17 minute songs that are just really, really dig into like uh, riffs and grooves. And this album is full of them. Um, I haven't seen them live yet. I would really like to. But uh, this is right in my wheelhouse uh, of the kind of music that I enjoy, especially on the heavy side of things. So um, Mount Doom by Death Trip. No interview clip. Hopefully I can get them on the show in 2023. So if anyone from the band is listening, please get in touch. I'd love to interview you. And uh, there's a song. Check it out and enjoy. 
Next up is Antonio Mazza, whose album Luana Moth was recommended to me by quite a few people. Uh, I typically, a few times a year, put out a call for potential interview subjects. Like, who should I talk to? What band should I have on? What artist should I have on? And Antonio came up multiple times, and uh, he kind of has this, this this sound that is a mix of electronic music and, and really kind of epic prog rock. And it's a really cool combination of things. Uh, he released this album where he's doing most of the instruments, or all of the instruments, I think, and his sister Giovanna, who's also on the podcast with him, uh, is doing the vocals. And they, they, they work incredibly well together. It's this big kind of epic concept record, and uh, it's really cool. Um, it's something that I was completely unaware of, and uh, as soon as I kind of got twigged to it by a bunch of people, uh, it be quickly became one of my favorite uh, local records of the year. And in a rare kind of situation here, um, usually I don't include records on this list if they're not available physically, because I, as regular listeners know, prefer to listen to albums in physical formats, but this one isn't. They released it digitally only, and uh, you can check it out on Bandcamp, you can buy it on Bandcamp, you can get it on all the weird streaming, Spotify, whatever you use. But uh, yeah, hopefully the follow-up when they do one will be a physical release because I'm a nerd like that, and that's what I prefer. But either way, I strongly encourage you to uh, take this break from my traditional um, best of lists and listen to a digital-only record, because it's uh, really cool. So here's a clip from the interview that happened earlier this year and a song. Enjoy. I'm not too, like, knowledgeable or keen on all these crazy subgenres. There's like, so many. How they all, like, so I, I don't really, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just say it's kind of like electronic. You know, it's, it's always going to be somewhere on the spectrum of uh, electronic music and, like, I guess, progressive rock. And okay. it'll it'll always flow somewhere in that spectrum. And, you know, it's like a Venn diagram and, like, you know, they intersect and my music is, I guess, somewhere in the middle. Um, well, that makes a lot of yeah, sense, too. Yeah. Both of those genres have have um, kind of tendencies to to uh, go for kind of uh, soundscape stuff, too, right? I mean, that, that sort of ties mm. them together, uh, especially in longer form pieces that, that it's all connected. I mean, there's always those elements of, of sort of almost relaxed... Um, I don't want to say noise because it's it's melodic and musical, but these kind of mm-hmm. bridges from from track to track, and I think that the prog rock and electronic music both sort of share that the the ability to go from something that's that's upbeat and and fast and loud and heavy to just kind of melding into something else that has a very different emotional feeling to it. Yeah, I guess when when I'm actually making music, I'm like trying my hardest to not think of genre and whatnot, and I'm I'm fine with it. if someone says even. In, at a sh- as a shot at me that it sounds all over the place, I'm fine with that. I'd rather be all over the place and be able to express like everything I wanted to express than than confined to just like uh, no, this is just this is just a straight up prog um, math rock or whatever or like or this is just a, this is down tempo BP, BPM like minimal electronic like all these sub subdivisions of genres just kind of like kind of stresses me out to think <laughs> about so i i uh yeah i i'm fine with being all over the place whether it's a good or bad thing i feel like i can it's it kind of have to be to you know to say exactly what i want to say or tell the story how i want to tell the story well it's often the worst question i have to ask too because i think a lot of people are in the same boat where they feel like you know there's so yeah. many subgenres and all the subgenres have their own subgenres and everything is post this and something core and it's just like it's it's, yeah. it's too much yeah and 
I don't listen to music that way. I'm not like, I'm not like looking for a specific genre or, you know, on my, my playlists are kind of crazy because like someone would go nuts listening to my playlists because it, it jumps from like, you know, Turkish folk music to, to like Venetian snares to like, it's kind of, yeah, I don't listen to music like obsessing over like certain genres that way. Okay. So okay. I wouldn't make music that way.
One of the last episodes I did of the year is with Claire from Claire Therese and the Lockdown, which is kind of like a Winnipeg supergroup in the sense that there are all kinds of really great people who have played in so many different projects over the years who are part of this sort of ever-morphing, ever-growing, ever-changing lineup of the Lockdown. And it's this uh, this sound that's kind of described as, well, that the band describes as, as folk grunge. And that kind of works. I mean, it's definitely folk-inspired. It has kind of uh, definitely grungier elements and louder elements and, and fuzzier elements. It's also got a real country sound that kind of goes through it. And it's just a really de- delightful, uh, it sounds like a fake word, but uh, in the sense that it sounds sarcastic, but it's not. It's a delightful album. Uh, it's called Villainy, the record. And uh, yeah, I, I heard it before we did the interview. So this isn't some last minute record release that kind of jumped the queue uh, because I had her on the podcast. It's something that I've been listening to for a few months because I know a few members of the band before I did the interview. And uh, yeah, I, I dig it. It's it's a it's a unique sort of sound. Uh, Claire has a really cool singing voice that uh, stands out, and I encourage you to check it out. So here's a clip from Claire and a song from Villainy. So the the album is is about a decade's worth of songs. Um, and we recorded it during the pandemic. So that was, you know, it's its own challenge for sure. Um, we Our band was the lockdown before the lockdown. And it was like this very strange moment where I went to like, I hand screen printed my covers and it was just like, okay, this is the last moment to change the band name. <laughs> Um, but actually kind of felt very, very, it was appropriate before and it kind of felt like this, like, this very unique time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we recorded this album at Argyle studio with Cam Lepke. Um, and, uh, and then again, I just like, sometimes the way I move with things is just kind of at this pace where, uh, it's like, okay, well the album's done. And now I, I had this like vision. I, I really wanted to hand screen print things. I wanted to do it on vinyl. So everything just kind of like was taking its sweet time. And kind of two years later, we were offered this gig at the Goodwill and I'm, I love costumes. I love anything like that. It was October 29th and I was like, okay, l- let's just make this our album release. Cause otherwise I could sit on it for another two years. Right. Though, yeah, we we have been like we we were gigging before the pandemic, but definitely not a lot Um, just because I have lots of projects on the go. Um, But it it really solidified itself in like making the the record that um, this was something I really wanted to put my my time and attention to. And so it has been really exciting to to be offered like other gigs um since the album release i think it was like a shock to i have friends who didn't know i was a musician <laughs> i'm, I'm kind of i can be kind of shy about it yeah so when i was like kind of trying to you know hustle the show and be like if you're going to come to one of my things please come to this people yeah it was really funny that some people's responses were like, oh my God, you're in a band. <laughs> well, and it's not just you're in a band playing your first show either. This is like a band that has already had this established <laughs> body of work and you have a record coming out and costumes for that show and everything. So yeah, that's cool. That's a cool intro- introduction, I think, to uh, people to meet you at that point in, in the band's trajectory. Yeah, like we've we've practiced lots. <laughs> Well, I, I like to think we're pretty uh, we're pretty tight at this point. So yeah, it kind of felt like this like kind of um, 
like coming into the world and I, I just uh, just felt so like I it I think sometimes as artists it's like really hard to like feel kind of proud of ourselves or to I don't know just to like feel confident about what we're doing and sure. so this kind of like decade-long lead up to this um, it, it actually was an event that I was like I I want people there I think it's going to be fun I think it's going to be a great time I think people will like it and so it was it was kind of fun to have a, a packed room full of people many of whom had never seen us before well we both know how this will turn out hungry we find our way back and we both know where we went wrong we just kept singing those sad sad songs those sad sad songs
And last up for this, uh, you know, number 6 through 15 or 15 through 6 is one of my favorite local bands, Bicycle Face. They released the long-awaited CD Bicycle Space this year, which, I mean, first of all, it's Bicycle Face, great band, great logo, great theme. I'm a sucker for outer space theme music, as we all know from my previous bands I've been in. And uh, it's just, it's really good. Uh, I mean, uh, Ava and Teresa make excellent, excellent music. And it's, it's weird and quirky and catchy and poppy. And yeah, I, I have not, there's nothing bad I can say about this band. I just love them. So um, I was very excited when Bicycle Bicycle Space by Bicycle Face came out. Uh, they've been talked about uh, a few times on uh, the bonus content that I release on Patreon. People have recommended them as a local band to listen to, and I agree. And so here's a clip from the interview, as well as a song. Was never with any grand scheme in mind, but then we just gradually kept collecting space songs. Like we would just keep writing them, and eventually we had enough for an album. So that's kind of how it came about. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel like we had like like two or three at one point where we were like, because you wrote that one, and sorry, I just put you on the stop spot and made you explain the whole thing because <laughs> I just love that concept of that song. Uh, and then I had one called Constellation. Uh, and then somehow we must have had another one. And then you had the idea of writing a response from the comet or from the spaceship back to the comet. And at that point, we had at least the concept for four songs. And we were like, that's enough for an EP. And we were like, EP phone home. It's brilliant. <laughs> so we were going to, the original plan is we were going to release this EP of like maybe four or five space songs. It would be called EP phone home. We did in subsequent years, Google that. And it turns out there is like a podcast already called that. So it's a really good uh, name. I'm not surprised someone, someone took it. Yeah. yeah. And I think good. Ben Queller has an album called okay. EP phone home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we decided not to go with that. But by that point, we had so many songs that it was bigger than an EP. We had just somehow collected, kept writing space songs, I think, without even really meaning to. And we looked at the, sat down and looked at them finally. We were like, okay, we've been planning this for years. And we were like, oh, we have a full album's worth here. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, what do you think it is about space that... Um has been so inspirational for so long. Like, wh why space? I mean, it, I guess it's like a vast, like, pun not intended topic uh, to, 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 to play off. But what is the appeal to both of you about, about space uh, as songwriters? Oh, I think there's just so much material. Like, there's, like, so much metaphor, so much with the unknown and with the distance. And um, we've also, a couple of our songs are... Uh, we, are astrological as well uh so we don't strictly stick to the science necessarily <laughs> i mean depending on your uh mindset right, um right. but like there's just so much space adjacent material to look at but i think yeah yeah there's just a lot of wonder in it for me yeah and i feel like also Teresa, you've used the term uh, like escapism before to apply to like our band and even to like the space aesthetic. And I feel like there was something that clicked for us with Bicycle Face where we were like, space fits with this band. There's something a little goofy about it to me yeah. anyway. I don't know. <laughs> space is there's something a little bit just funny and weird about space. And I feel like we're a little bit like that where it's like, 
uh, things can be strange and esoteric and funny and out there and not having to like kind of stick to a certain thing. Yeah. So yeah, the theme seemed to really fit. Questioning kind 
And so that's it for this first installment of my favorite episodes of 2020, my favorite albums of 2022. Um, so I really encourage you to check out all these records and let me know if there are bands or albums that, that I've missed this year. There are still five more. My top five have yet to be released. That's coming on part two of this episode. So stay tuned for that because um, that I'm going to probably use longer clips from interviews and maybe give, get into a bit more detail about the records. But uh, yeah, I noticed when I was making this list that uh, I'm really heavy on the singer-songwritery kind of stuff. I don't know if I'm getting soft in my old age, but uh, there's a couple heavier things that happen on the top five coming soon. But as always, thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, looking forward to giving you another crap load of content in 2023. And I'll talk to you later. Stay tuned for part two, which is my top five of the year.